Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of How We Get By. Um, I am seeking out people to interview. So if you or somebody you know would like to be on the show and offer their perspective or you know you have a friend that's, um, that you think would be a valuable voice, please feel free to reach out to me at howwegetby.podcast at gmail.com. I would certainly appreciate that. I am looking for all different kinds of perspectives from every walk of life. Um, I've been a little bit introverted. Uh, I got rid of my Facebook because I just felt very overwhelmed by the things I have been seeing and experiencing. So not so great for uh, getting interviewees. And I'm going to put it on my list of things I'm going to work on, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I Today I did want to talk to you guys about um, a, a theme that I've, I guess I've been noticing. Um, and it's been a little bit frustrating for me uh, to the point where I actually recorded half of an episode already, and it just was turning into a rant, and that's not what I wanted it to be, so I got rid of it, and I started over, and I'm going to try a different approach, so if you're listening to this, then um, I could just pat myself on the back, because I guess I succeeded. I see this overwhelming theme of individuals bearing the burden of systemic failures. For example, uh, anybody who suffers from anxiety because they can't figure out the student loans that frankly are pretty impossible to figure out in certain circumstances. I'll leave it at that, because the first time I didn't. I think so often about uh, when people ask me, you know, what, what do you need? If I, if I work with a therapist or um, anybody, really, like, what, what do you need to get better or to feel better? Because I have PTSD. And that's a really complicated question. And it's hard because people are trying to generally help me. Um, and that's something I'm, I'm learning is to accept help because I can be really um, individualistic and independent. And um, a lot of it is because I think, truthfully, I've experienced a lot of um, systems that just didn't really seem to have my best interest in mind. Uh, One of them, uh, Penn State. And I already probably have at least a third, maybe rearing a half of you that would just automate Penn State. I love Penn State. Yeah, well, did you go to Penn State? 
And did you go to Penn State in 2011, 2012? Because if you did, then I, you have to have at least some questions. And if you're paying for the bill from that famous university, Joe Pa's kingdom, if you're paying the bill for a college that covered up some nasty effing bullshit, then try to cover up the cover up. But not only that, because that's that was up at the top, but uh, me, Monica, down low, hmm, saw a lot of things on campus I didn't really like. Uh, there were the frats that were killing their own members with alcohol and just obscene things. Three people died while I was at Penn State rushing a frat or being at a frat party or something. Um, I don't want to know the number of women that were raped. I know that there was a fraternity that had um, been getting women really drunk and then having them pass out and taking pictures of them. And then they had their own Facebook group of pictures. And yeah, Uh, The Hunting Ground, I think, is the documentary that's that Lady Gaga sponsored, and I think it's about sexual assault on campus. I can't watch that. I won't watch that. Uh, Again, if you listen to my last podcast, um, not that I don't think that that is valuable, that needs to be out in the world, just like I am being vulnerable by even sharing this because I really do feel deeply about this. My morals as a person at Penn State were really, really shaken, uh, especially when reporters would stop you on the way to class and ask you how you felt about Jopa, or in your psychology class when people asked you, when our, our professor said, let's have a healthy discussion about this, and people started debating, very much like you would see a debate between a Biden and a Trump supporter right now, right in the middle of class, over whether our beloved football coach allowed... Um, kids to get raped like I'm just so confused and and then because I was a double major so I did psychology and I did public relations so after the psych portion I would go over to my public relations class where my professors would tell us don't do what our our uh, board of trustees is doing right now because they're doing the worst PR thing in the entire world so Their morals weren't right, their PR wasn't right, and I was paying a shit ton of money for it. Not to mention that one time we took our final exams in um, a crowded auditorium of thousands of students, and I get it, it was a gen ed, whatever, Uh, but... They were giving us these boards, these panels to write on um, to take our finals because we didn't have desks. And they ran out of boards. So then the rest of us, instead of being told to put our textbooks away for the final exam, like any, you know, normal college class, 
we were asked to take our textbooks out to write on them. And that was a class that I was paying how much per credit for? And so it was all like, okay, you know, this isn't quite sitting right with me, but, you know, this is how it goes. This is what you do. You go through this process, you get a job. And then once I realized I got out of college and I could not get a job to pay back my student loans, um, I, if you want to blame it on me, I don't care. If you want to blame it on that person, I don't care. I personally think the student loan companies and the universities should duke it out at this point because I'm like, why don't you guys just figure it out? And that's what I'm talking about is because these are big systems. They're not set up for the individual. Penn State's not set up for the individual student. It's set up for a system of students, right? And so these things started to become more apparent to me. But I realized even more that these systems were toxic in a lot of ways, but it was hard to get out of them because once I was out on my own, I was trying to be financially stable so I didn't have to live in my parents' basement for the rest of my life. I actually was on the second floor, but I found myself working for a tobacco company and I shouldn't say that, you know, I applied for the job and I I don't want to be victimless here or victimized here or the victim, whatever, you know. But I did that in motivation to try and pay off the loans because I've always wanted to work for a nonprofit. So I figured, do the corporate thing, make enough money to pay off your loans, fine. Then I took that job in Milwaukee, uh, not really knowing the area, and was in um, was working among a lot of inner city violence. And it reminded me of a lot of the things that I saw at Penn State or I I experienced, the sexual assaults, the um, just scary things. I had store owners that were in sex trafficking rings and being busted for that. And I had store owners getting shot on Sunday mornings. And I had guns everywhere. It's just my boss would tell me, like, it's good that you see the clerk and his gun is on the counter because that means that he's going to protect you if something happens. Great. And people wonder why I have PTSD. But then I, so now here I am, and I left all that behind because I was like, okay, no. If the whole rest of the world wants to be moralist, then that's fine, but I'm going to do my own thing on this part of the, the world. Uh, However, I can't really afford the crushing student loan debt. And so that is a problem in my life. I am working through it. I'm trying um, in whatever way I can. Please do not send me suggestions for refinancing companies. I heard it all. I appreciate the kind gesture. I hate to even put my financial shit out there because I don't like when people are invasive about it. But it is a situation, and it ties into a big, a larger situation. So this causes a lot of stress for the individual. And then I have people, again, reaching out, like, try this, try that, blah, blah, blah. And, and after a while, it makes you feel that you're failing at something. Like, it, it just makes you feel like you've failed. Like, you can't cut it. You can't find the job that you need to find. You can't pay for this loan. Like, you took out these loans. Like, all of this stuff, like, it eats at you. 
And then you are in therapy and you're getting treated with medication because you're sad and you can't find... And and I just keep saying to people that we're treating individuals for a systemic problem. Whether you want to label it as um, patriarchy, uh, systemic racism, financial maximization... Whatever you want to label it as the police force, the political system, how we obtain law and order, our populations have grown to such a way that we have really started to look at what's, what's good for not the individual, but for the, um, the greater, the, the number, the bulk of people. So if we can get the bulk of people to go to Penn State and get a good job and blah, 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 then okay, then that's fine. But those few individuals that are kind of out on the fray and that one girl who had to take a test without the textbook that she forgot, so she had to just kind of like fill in the bubbles hoping that the pen didn't go through on to her. Yeah, they don't care. But then that individual cares because it's their life. So then they're going and they're like getting self-help and trying to be better and let's find a new job. And if I find that job, I'll have more money. And if I have more money, then I can have clothes and I'll impress that person. And uh, it just starts to not make sense. But this doesn't just go for me and my student loan issue. It goes for so many things. Like friends of mine who are teachers and so they're going back to school and they don't really have the ability to stand up for their personal illnesses or maybe they do, but frankly, a lot of people feel that their fate is up to what our educational system decides to do. Uh, it people with child care they may not be able to get their children into child care anymore um there's there's this whole systemic change happening but what bothers me is that I see so many individuals take that stuff on like um like a lot of uh, friends who were teachers and had to go to online and now they're going to have to go back in the fall and set up their classrooms to have everything six feet apart and they're stressed and they don't know like what to do. But then it's like, I, I don't know. I just feel like then they'll reach out and they'll be like, I just, I'm so stressed. Like, I, I feel bad. Like, I know, like, X, Y, and Z. Like, I know that I didn't die today. Like, I know I didn't get COVID today. Like, I know it could be worse. Like, I know I could be, like, a nurse. Like, whatever. Um, but the reality is that I don't know if our systems are really taking our individual needs into play. I just don't see that a lot. Um, I don't see it a lot and I don't see it a lot in politics and it can be really discouraging Um, it can be discouraging it's the same for when you think about our police force and how people will say 
things like, well, the majority of times, you know, a person probably won't get shot by a police unless there's a reason. So it's just the outliers. Okay, well, those outliers have lives. <laughs> what? Are you going to feel that way when you're the outlier? Because I'll tell you, I've been the outlier and I don't like it. <laughs> so I don't think you're going to like it very much. What is that attitude? Um, and so then I'll have, you know, I just, I just have to question how many people are, uh, are really stressed and blaming themselves for a stress caused by a system that's not working. Sometimes I think about the Fort Knox mine disaster, which was obviously, you know, back in 1959. But still, same kind of thing because their organization did not have their workers in mind. They wanted the bottom line. They wanted more coal. And the people who were getting the profits from the coal were so far removed from what coal digging actually was that they didn't realize the stupid, careless mistakes that they were making with people's lives and what a disaster it could come out to be. And, and the problem is that it's just, it's a system failure, so no one takes the blame. Or it'll be, you know, if you actually look into the Knox Mine disaster, it's really quite interesting because they took all of the key players and they questioned them in court and all of them had a whole different story and it's so alarmingly terrifying because they only had their best interest in mind. Graham Spanier only had his best interest in mind. I'll say it. Joel Paterno only had his own interest in mind. Okay, maybe some football players, great. But I, I really do believe, I'm sorry, but um, I think that that man only had courage on the football field and he had no courage outside of it. And we all paid. We all paid. Every single person that went to that university paid. And so then what are these systemic failures? What about those families? People use these things as debates. You know, like I'll go to a party and somebody will mention Penn State and then, uh, I don't know, they'll bring something up. It'll get a joke will come here and there, some kind of Sandusky crack joke, I don't know. And I will say, I was there for that. And it was terrible. <laughs> it's not a debate. These are children that have grown up to be adults who have had to really dig their way out of some traumatic things. And Penn State, the Penn State University cares so little about morals and so much about money that they're okay with that because the majority still pays. The majority still makes it to class. The majority don't get raped. But the people who do are sitting at home asking themselves what they did wrong. 
Or let's not even take it to rape. Let's just say financially, find student loans. It's hard for me to talk about this stuff because the people who don't have student loans are can be kind of judgy about it, which is fine. However, I know that there are so many people just like me and I'm willing to use my voice so they can hear me. Again, don't send me anything. I think it's really important that we start to ask ourselves how these systems are messing with our lives. Think about work. Think about work. How many companies I've worked for where my stats just were not good enough. And I was told about it. And I try to be better. <laughs> and you start to think, like, I'm not good at this world. I didn't, I can't make it here because I, whatever I do, I, I'm not, I'm that outlier. I'm the one moral character walking around Penn State. Just kidding, there's more. But seriously, though. And I really do wonder how many essential workers have had so high-stress problems since this whole pandemic started. And they're sitting at home blaming themselves because they're stressed or they're not keeping up with this or they're not doing that or their kids have a thousand Zoom calls. Like, I, I, it's just, I, I feel like all of these, even these structures, like I, I go back to my friends who are teachers and, and they have structures coming from above. You know, you have to get this Zoom call in at this time and blah, blah, blah. And like people, a lot of people can't even figure out what Zoom is. Um, and there's just so much pressure there. And then, so we have a bunch of people who, I mean, the suicide rate has gone up, uh, drug use has gone up, um, everybody's on some kind of antidepressant or, um, anti-anxiety medicine. It's accepted that if you live in this culture, you have anxiety. Um, it's not uncommon to hear about depression, there are so many people who are struggling with these problems who go to therapy every single week to ask themselves what they could do better and what they could do better is out of their hands because there are so many systems in place that really just don't have the individual, moral, decent structures needed to help citizens prosper. In fact, I would argue that money and the bottom line and the herd mentality of more students, higher intuition, blah, 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 is really damaging every single one of us in its own way. So that's about all I have on that topic, but I guess that my uh, suggestion for you would maybe just to think about what, if you have any of these structures in your life, what are these things that you have so readily accepted because it's just the way that it is? I mean, I did that with my student loans. I did sign the papers. I did take them out. I do take responsibility for that, but when they set up that whole 
invest in your education system. That was in the 1970s when college tuition was about like between a thousand and five thousand a month, and now it's like commonly thirty thousand. I'm not not a month a semester. Now it's like thirty thousand a semester. Like, I, and I was 18, so I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna grant myself that kind of forgiveness because I know that my student loan lenders don't because they remind me every day that I sign the papers. Uh, trust me. Um, but I remind them that I have found forgiveness in myself. And if you really want to listen to some interesting conversations, you should, uh, yeah. So, sorry, poor Navient Jason, because you have really gotten the ringer with me. Uh, anyway, I hope that you can take some time to really think about those things, though. Like, what stressors that do you have in your life that you just accepted uh, as as the way it is. Um, I mean, look at, everybody's stressed about our political climate. I mean, how could you not be? How could you not be? Well, that's what I've been thinking about um, a lot, and I hope that, you know, is this is a, uh, I guess I, you know what, I think I'm going to take a little bit more time just to actually describe some things that I do uh, to kind of get around it, though. Not get around it, but to um, accept myself. Sometimes I cut my own hair. I do. And like, it always comes out bad. No, that's not true. There have been times where it's okay. Okay, I don't know. Maybe I just think it looks okay. And I, I know that there's other people that cut their hair. There's nothing about that that's like particularly like whatever. But for me, I was always raised with this notion of like, you can't cut your own hair. Like you have to go to the hairdresser. And so I guess when there's times where I do feel like I'm like, these systems are are making me feel like robotic or like I can't come but as in my own act of rebellion that has no harmful consequences on anyone else other than maybe my hairdresser because usually I go to her the week after I'm like okay never doing that again and then I do it again <laughs> Um, I never match my clothing. Ever, really. So I guess that those are just a few different examples. Um, let me try to think of like one more, but um, I don't know. It's just, I remember a friend of mine actually, he was, he made a steak and he, it's Steve, he was on this podcast a few times. Um, he made a steak the one day and he pulled out like this like wilderness knife thing and started cutting his steak with it and I was just like, uh, wow, is that necessary? And <laughs> he was like, well, you know, I loved when I lived in Alaska and I can't live there right now because my sister or my um, life is not allowing it. So I bring that to the table in other ways. 
And I think that is what we need to start doing. So I guess two suggestions for you. One, think about systems that are stressing you out, that are making you feel guilty, or you feel like you're not enough, or you feel like you can't cut it. And think about, is it because of an individual problem, your individual problem, or is your problem a side effect of a system that isn't set up for your best benefit? And two, if you can't change the system that you're a part of, you can't knock it down necessarily, and we can't because we all need to eat and we all need food, and it it is, in we're part of the game. It, it just is what it is. So it's not to create an act of rebellion. That's even never my intention with these podcasts. It's just to try and discuss different ways of thinking and different ways of making individuals feel like they can have their slice of the world and they're not wrong for it. So I would encourage you to look at different things, you can, silly things that you can incorporate in your life. Like maybe you want to cut your own hair because nobody ever told you that you could. You just blindly accepted that we have to go and pay somebody $25 once a month. Or maybe you want to, I have friends that have these shower crayons and they write on the walls of their showers things that they like little like character cartoon things and that's their way of just like having fun you know of like almost beating the system in any little way that they can I will say that I don't expect everybody to you know buy into astrology and I don't really care what you feel about it but I think for the circumstance of what I'm trying to do with this podcast I can use this as a little bit of an anecdote uh, but all the astrologers believe right now that all of the chaos happening in the world is because Pluto, Saturn, and Mercury are all in the same zodiac sign of Capricorn. Um, I don't care what you believe, just go with me here. Pluto is Pluto symbolizes death, destruction, transformation, the underworld. Um, Mercury... Fuck, what am I doing this? I'm doing this wrong. Jupiter, fuck. Okay, Jupiter, Saturn, Pluto. See, it doesn't matter. Just follow me here. So <laughs> Pluto is destruction, death, whatever. Saturn is law and structure and all of our systems and how we make it work in the world. And Jupiter is expansion, growth, um prosperity and they're all kind of bouncing around in the same corner of the sky and because of this it's creating a creating a craziness in our systems and making us question if our structures are working and transforming them and bringing death to some of them um and jupiter's kind of adding more fuel to that fire so i was trying to just think of it in my own way and I was like, well, how do we overcome this? Like, how do we get back on track in this world? And I realized that we can take a lesson from all of them. So we need to legally, so Saturn, law and structure, legally rebel Pluto. in order to create new growth.
legally rebel to create new growth. Alright, well, you guys might just think I'm nuts, and I kind of do too, so. If you'd like to be on my podcast, if you'd like to interview me, or I mean, I'll interview you. We'll interview each other. We'll be like old friends. You can reach out to me. I'm on Instagram, how we get by, uh, and then how we get by dot podcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you either way. If you'd like to make a donation to the show for equipment and um, the cost of interviewing and my hard labor, that's fine. I also realize that it's fine if you don't. Um, a simple like or share um, or word of mouth telling your friend that you like the show or giving me some feedback would be absolutely amazing. I'd love to hear from you. Um, and I would like you guys to also check out Joe Burke's music. Joe does the music for the beginning and the end of each episode. Uh, You can find his music on Apple iTunes, Spotify, wherever, Bandcamp. Um, Has some really poetic lyrics that are pretty awesome and just came out with a new song called Oak Tree. So you can check that out. Um, Other than that, I hope you have a beautiful day.